Today's show is sponsored by CaskCartel.com, the largest online premium spirits marketplace. Think of CaskCartel.com as the Amazon of the spirits world because they connect consumers to numerous local licensed retailers that operate with a third-party shipping platform. CaskCartel.com's goal is convenience for you, their customer. If you're searching for hard-to-find products or your everyday drinker, CaskCartel.com wants to help. Follow and engage with CasCartel.com on Instagram, and you may even receive free samples to taste and review yourself. CasCartel.com also knows shipping is everyone's number one turnoff. Check out their website regularly for discounts or sign up for their newsletters. Remember, CasCartel.com, changing the industry standard. You just reading the titles is foreplay to people. And you never actually, you were just a big tease. You hit me with cowgirl and you never finished John, that. We, we have kids. You tell me you don't get that, oh, uh, maybe later, Lon. <laughs> well, there you go. So How often does that one come up? So when do you get your second one. So you're telling Fitz and Tim maybe later. <laughs> I'll be in the mood later tonight, I promise. <laughs> Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I believe that one. The After Dark Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Dad's Drinking Bourbon After Dark. Where Zeke Baker reads erotic cowboy poems. Dear God, no. Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. Hello, hello. How's your week been? Busy, hot, humid, nasty, sweaty. It was like 110 degrees in Nashville the past couple of days. It's been freaking awful. Yeah, for some reason, the hottest day of the year and deciding to mow the yard at 11 o'clock probably wasn't the best idea. What did you do after? Because, I mean, that wasn't your yard. I got on the back yard. porch, took everything off, and then walked in the house. Did you have a change of clothes? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know you, you had a change of clothes. I was like, I saw this ahead of time. I'm, I carried stuff with me. I was like, you probably drove home, like, sticking to your car. No, I wouldn't drive home naked in the, the big city. Maybe back in Podunk, but not around here. No, I wasn't, like, your clothes, you'd be sticking to your car. No, I took them all off. I had to peel them. Did you wash them there, or did you... No, I put them in a bag. Why didn't you just wash them? I mean... Because I brought a change of clothes. But your house there, your Airbnb, has a washer-dryer. You know, they're, it's going to get all smelly and being in the car. You I don't was, know if you actually do laundry in your house. I but do I every single day. I can shower and put on a different change of clothes a lot quicker than I can do two loads of laundry between the washer and the dryer. Well, I just figured you were there, like, taking a nap or something, and you could have washed your clothes while you were taking a nap. No. Uh, I like to be productive, John. Did you or did you not take a nap? No. You told me you took a nap. Not that day, buddy. Bullshit. Nope. All right. We have two very special guests. <laughs> Our friend, Tim. You may know him as Nashville Bourbon Enjoyment on Instagram. Thank you very much for coming today, Tim. Yeah, excited to be here. I know you said uh, you wanted to talk less, but we're going to make you talk more when it comes time to actually taste what we are drinking today, and that is Cooper's Craft Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey from our friend, Fitz Bailey with Brown Foreman and Cooper's Craft. Fitz, thank you so much for coming. Any reason to be in Nashville. Thrilled to be here. (laughs) We we have been talking about this for a while. I mean, shoot, when was the dinner that you had to actually get us interested in Cooper's Craft? I mean, it was three months ago? About three, yeah. And we were like, yeah, we should get together and actually have you on the podcast. You know, we just needed the stars to align. We tried several times. It is a full moon. It is a full moon. Did you see how big the moon was when it was coming up tonight, by the way? That's part of it being full. Well, no, it was like a super moon on top of being a full moon. You know, the lower it is when it starts to rise on you know the horizon, that means it's bigger because of the angle of the Earth and the moon and stuff. Listen... Guy who thinks NASA's fake. Dude, I it was is. just going to say that. I was like, the guy who says NASA's, there NASA's, is, NASA's worthless. not fake. I'm just saying the money is wasted on it is. But or not fake, but you know. We are talking about everything other than Cooper's craft. I'm sorry. But 
listen, buddy. There's a phenomenon called a supermoon, and sometimes the moon looks bigger than it would on other times. I don't think the night was one, though. They didn't, it say, was. It, they didn't say it on the news. Well, <laughs> I'm going to look it up. It was a supermoon. I got to prove it to you, but it, it was like a special named moon, like a red moon or a bull. No, it wasn't full. They have different names for shit. Well, it is a full is, moon, though. Is it Harvest? Yeah, it was something like... It was one of those things, one of those crazy moon names. They're all cryptic. Yeah. It's never like the friendship moon. It's always <laughs> like your doom is forthcoming moon. <laughs> I feel like Harvest is darker, though. Harvest is that kind of like orangish, brownish tinted moon. Halloween one. Yep. Yeah. If you have two new moons in a month, one of them's called like a black moon. Blue. Right? No. Or, no, it is black. It, if you have blue two moons full moons... No, 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 it's blue. If you have two full moons in a month, it's blue. If you have two full moons at the same time, you drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, more than two. Well. It takes me about you know, 10 or 11. You see 10 to 11 moons at one time? No, if you How drink much do you blue moons... Oh, if you see two... Yeah, I thought full you, moons. I thought you said if you drink blue moons. No, I said if you see two full moons, you drink too much. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. If you see if you see three, just look at the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fitz. Thank you so much for coming. We're so glad we were able to work this out. And Fitz has an amazing background. I mean, you started off in bars and then moved forward at, at Brown Foreman. Tell everybody a little bit about how you got into the alcohol spirits industry and what what you like about it. So it's kind of funny. I actually started with the mixers. Um, Right out of school, I got to working with Coca-Cola. And so, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Started with the easy stuff. And then uh, it just got a little harder after that. Um, But I worked on all the diet drinks. And uh, from there, I picked up this really cool gig working with Jack Daniels and all their music festivals. So I would just kind of go around the U.S., chit-chatting to folks about whiskey, story behind Jack before ending up in Texas doing whiskey dinners. And I have to stop you, though. Do you know the formula for Coke? I do not know the formula for Coke. They do not give that out. That would have been awesome if you knew it. So the formula is like not in the employee handbook whenever you start the first day? It's not in the employee handbook. I will tell you that orange and cinnamon are very important to the recipe. Hmm. So I've got pieces of it. It's not the full kit and caboodle. Insider info. You got it here, folks. I just want you to know that in my you know meeting with Fitz and talking with Fitz, we talked a lot at that dinner and, and we've talked a lot tonight. I feel like Fitz is a guy who knows more than he leads on. Like, wherever he works, people just tell him secrets. And he's like, actually, you know, I've never actually seen it, but this is what I've been told. I think I have one of those faces. People just want to tell me their dark secrets. I never get the social, but everything up to that point. I never get the pin or the last four digits on the credit card, but and I literally he was here for like five minutes, and I was like, you know what, my mom's maiden name is. I feel like I should just tell you. Oh, I put it in the notes. <laughs> Do you want to know the street I grew up on? <laughs> but anyway, so so you were saying you've moved over to to Brown Foreman. So I moved over. I was um, working in Dallas as the um, Jack Daniels uh, event coordinator for that area. Uh, before being approached to interview for this Cooper's Craft job. So currently, I'm the national brand ambassador for Cooper's Craft. We're in 12 states right now, and I go to all 12 of those and basically teach people about bourbon and do tastings. And, you know, it's it's a really tough gig. We all have a cross to bear, but I'm making it work. <laughs> it's really, really tough. I got to ask you straight off the bat, are you a Hilton or a Marriott guy or where, where, where are you getting all those points? So when I, so I've been ruined because when I started with Coke, I was a IHG. Oh yeah. So I'm now I'm trying to transition into Hilton, but, um, I'm also trapped with American airlines as well. And I have a lot of things to say about American. I won't do it here because I think the podcast is probably a little too family friendly. <laughs> but I'm telling you, and I will tell people over and over, I'm really just pissing people off because we're not talking enough about whiskey, but the damn companion pass on Southwest oh. is the best perk mm-hmm. in all of travel. I mean, over first class, all that st- Getting to fly with someone and only having to pay the the september 11th security fee 
So you could take anybody wherever you go for five bucks. It's awesome. But sorry, we digress. No, you're I, I the amount of flights I've done on American and just now I don't have to pay for luggage, so it's <laughs> Sheesh. And you you got all that booze too that you're probably yes. taking with you, so yes. you're paying. I mean at least you can expense it. Which, you know, fun fact about alcohol and the plane is you can take airplane bottles through security. Legally you cannot serve yourself that alcohol. I, you can Well, so someone was telling me that it's the plane's policy, it's not a an FAA reg- regulation that you can't serve yourself, but that it is the airline policy. So I find that if you order a drink, this is just a pro tip, if you order a drink from the airline, and then if you want to pour your second from yourself, oh. the stuff is already there. They're already expecting you to have alcohol. If you just very casually, you know, not overtly put it down by your legs take your bottle out of your bag, pour it back in the, the glass. Nobody's going to think twice. Your neighbor won't tell on you. And like the people aren't going to think bad of you because you already bought a drink. This is true. This is true. Pro see, tip. See, that's a little more sly than my tactic. There's no way in the world I could fit in a lavatory. So I'm like, anytime <laughs> I even try to go in those things, I'm like that. This isn't going to happen. I just turn around and go back. You mix it by your legs, John. I hadn't thought about that. Tim is like me. We both played college football. We're not small people. I guess I got lucky the time uh, I went through duty-free and picked up the handle of actually JD, uh, first time flying out of the country to Amsterdam. And, you know, you board the plane, they hand you your duty-free bag. So we get in the plane, plane get ready to take off. We just crack that thing, start watching whatever Rocky had just come out <laughs> in 2007. Oh, got blitzed. <laughs> I mean, ripped. That was the one the where bottle. Rocky Rocky <laughs> fights uh, Night Train Lane. What's the name I, of it? Rocky Balboa. That's the one that came up. Yeah, and the new one he's with Creed's son. Yeah. Right? Yes. I, I couldn't tell you. I just no. know it was a really good flight to Amsterdam, and I, yes. I, I woke up and crossed the pond. It was great. But you know that the guy in This Is Us was actually played Adrian, Milo Ventimiglia. He I, was in I one. I don't watch that. This is us stuff, John. Ah, oh, it's it's a tearjerker. I, I can tell it's probably your Wednesday night viewing. <laughs> it's not Wednesday nights. It's a Tuesday night show. <laughs> I don't even have TV anymore. So for people listening, the only reason I have TV is I have. When I moved, I cut my cord. I have NBC and HBO thanks to Zeke's passwords. <laughs> Thank you, Zeke. Yeah. But that's true friendship, right? Like, you get HBO, you get Netflix, you trade passwords. No, no, no. This is, this is not symbiotic. <laughs> this is parasitic. <laughs> do, you, do you want my Netflix password? I'll no, give it to you. We've got one. Thanks. <laughs> this, is, this is one way here. Trust me. That was, that was his chair. Just like uh, all the work I do for the podcast is one way. <laughs> he pays me with HBO no, and NBC. No. So I pay it back. It's a, it's a good way to look at it. Paying it forward. So, <laughs> it's Cooper's Craft. Yes. This is something that originally came out, I mean, I want to say three years ago. 2016 was when uh, we just came out with it. It's the first new bourbon that Brown Foreman's put out since Woodford Reserve, which was 20 years prior. That's crazy. Yes. And, and can you believe, if you think about just Brown Foreman as a whole, Woodford in 20 years, the stuff Woodford has done in that amount of time, I mean, it, it's one of those brands you feel like it's been around forever. And it's easy to forget that when Woodford came out back in, um, oh God, I guess it is 96, I mean, bourbon wasn't, people weren't drinking it. It was all vodka this, vodka that. And so to create something new and then stick with it and now really just change the category when cooper's craft came out it was an ode to the coopers right yes tell tell me a little bit about that so we do get a lot of people there is no uh, mr mrs cooper um <laughs> we, we you'd be surprised you would be surprised but um it's just like if you meet someone whose last name is smith uh their ancestor probably worked at a blacksmith so a cooper is someone who raises barrels so it used to be a profession that was very prolific throughout the United States. Every city, every town would have a cooper who made barrels. Now it's um, much less so. But we have the largest uh, cooperage in the world 
for a distillery of our size. So we make all of our own barrels and we really want to honor those men and women. And we do have a nice group. Uh, we've got a uh, grandfather, son, and niece who all work in the Cooperage together. So we have a nice mix of different folks from all walks of life over at the Cooperage. That's really cool. We just, and Charlie Harden just retired. He was finished 50 years working at the Cooperage. Wow. That's crazy. Now, is it just one or multiple sites? So we have we have the original Brown Foreman Cooperage, which we've had since 1945. Um, we just opened a Jack Daniels Cooperage down in Decatur, Alabama. Um, so just to give you an idea of scale, 75% of the barrels coming out of the BF Cooperage are Jack barrels. Um, and then all the barrels at the Jack Daniels Cooperage are Jack barrels. <laughs> Actually, we make so many that if you were going into work as a cooper, you would be assuming that you would be making a jack barrel. We would tell you, like, oh, special order, Woodford today. Special order for coopers. So you just go in assuming it's a JD day. Gotcha. There's something, uh, the way I go home from here back to northwest Georgia, I get off at uh, the Mont Eagle, or past Mont Eagle, Pittsburgh exit, and you go south on some highway, but there's definitely a brown forming cooperage right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always wondered how much volume it really had. Or, uh, so we we put out, to give you an idea, every cooper puts about 300 barrels a day, 2,500 barrels a shift, two shifts a day, 600,000 barrels a year. Damn, I know I just threw a lot of math at you. Um, math is hard. <clears throat> math is yeah. hard. I did not major in math. <laughs> Especially we'll take the on a drinking show, right? Yeah. You, you were like, I just memorized numbers. <laughs> yes, that's, that's it. And it's hard, it's hard to think of how much that is, but... It takes about 45 seconds for a seasoned cooper to raise their barrel. Damn. And they just have, I mean, it's all the staves are already pre-cut. They're there for them. Mm-hmm. And then they just have to grab them, put them together, and put some metal rings around them, right? So they'll, they'll literally build the head um, to make, make the head in the bottom of the barrel. And they'll have to raise all the staves. But then you've got to bend the wood. You have to put the hoops on it. It's, it's a full day process. Their arms are massive. Well... So that's not the 45 second thing. That's not the 40. It's, it averages out to being about 45 seconds. So, okay. So it, it might be five seconds and a break. And all right. That's something that must just be, must just be wood things. All I see is, you know, a lot of big lumber piles. They're always wetting them in the summer, but you'll see just piles and piles of cut wood. Yeah. They just sit out there for years. We've got, um, I think the average barrel for us is going to be um, just under three years, just seasoning. Sheesh. And so what we want is a 13% moisture point. Um, so it'll get to be about 20%, and then we'll take them to a kiln to get it down, just so the wood is exactly the way we need it. So we were talking about the Cooperage, and this is an ode to the Cooperage. There's two releases that yes. you have. One is a, a 82.2 ABV, and the other one is a 100-proof 50% ABV. The first one, when I saw this back in 2016 had a blue label and y'all changed it it's now white primarily with blue writing but the other one almost looked like kentucky blue so the color was for kentucky bluegrass um i have lovingly called it the bud light can it also was known in many circles (laughs) as bud light blue that was another thing people called it but uh it was uh you know we decided to go with this white label because it really pops. Um, on this new label, we actually have a local artist from Louisville drew our cooperage on the front. Um, we also have that on the new bottle as well. But um, it kind of gets that when it's all blue like that, it kind of gets lost on the shelf. Um, the dark color of the bourbon and the blue that sort of makes a almost bourbon camouflage. The whiskey itself, though... It's pretty interesting. We, we've talked about this in the past, and one thing that Zeke and I actually did is, back before we, we had a bunch of interviews, we primarily, and we started off in 2016 as a blind tasting show, and that is kind of our bread and butter, and we miss it. We'll, we promise all of you we will get back to it more. But we did a blind of Cooper's Craft against Michter's Toasted because... The other fun thing about Cooper's Craft is it is a toasted whiskey. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, Cooper's Craft comes in, the, the 82.2 comes in about 30 bucks. And you think about the Michter's Toasted Bourbon is going to come in at about 70 bucks. And we said, 
okay, maybe there's a value play here. Surprisingly, it wasn't that far off. You know, and and when you, Zeke, I don't know if you remember those times. I remember yesterday, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember it though. Um, cause I think I came up with that one, but you did. It was just that was bait to get you to talk. <clears throat> no, what I was gonna say was, um, you know, one of the big things we always like to look at, is, you know, something that's allocated. Most folks, you know, if they have to get it, they're gonna spend, you know, double, triple what it would even cost in a store on secondary markets and whatnot versus something that granted only in 12 states but you know if you live in one of those states i can't imagine there's not a store they could walk in and immediately purchase that at what, like 20 25 bucks or About i mean it's not expensive at all 29.99 uh for just an easy enjoyable all around i think anybody throwback poor absolutely and it's it's definitely i think a very approachable whiskey it's really good if you're just stepping into the bourbon world or if you've been in it for quite a while uh they just they have something that's light easy perfect for a hot day yeah i mean i think you know especially if you're you know the brown form and profile without being you know just vague or you know ambiguous it's its own profile yeah even if you know whether it's jack or not you can still get plenty of brown foreman just out of the whole line i would say and you know whether at the, the front end of the spectrum of I'm going to try, I want to try something neat finally. I've been using mixers, ice, et cetera. This is good. If you're at the back end of it, of I've had three 120 plus proofers. It's a little late, but I wouldn't mind about one more. That's not going to hurt you. And it's still enjoyable and easy. So, I mean, it, 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 to me, the, to run the full 360 degrees of, you know, where it could fit into people, uh, I've always enjoyed it. I don't necessarily always buy it all the time, but when I have that mood or see it at the store, it's kind of like, yeah, it's going to be one of those moods. Let's go ahead and do this. Sessionable yeah. is a good word. <laughs> Sessionable is a good word. The funny thing about it, I there's so much fruit and spice mm-hmm. in this 82.2 proof whiskey, and you don't expect it. Like it, it's not spice in the sense where like it makes your whole mouth tingle. It's like a little bit of a pepper, but not an overbearing pepper. And then the fruit that's in there, it's kind of more of a dark fruit. Like you wouldn't expect a an eighty two proofer to have those notes to it. You would expect something that had a little more bite. I always get cherry myself. Yeah, like lots of cherry, yeah. um, almost some cola sort of flavoring with it um stone fruit and that's the that's the type of yeah. stuff i think you know i was over generalizing it but that's the stuff i think of when i say dark fruit mm-hmm. and like that that cherry cola that that you know it's not a it's not like a pear you know no, and, no. and i think when you're thinking about mixers and you know what you're actually putting into the drinks that you make and and we've talked about this with the hundred proof and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the hundred proof but even this 82 proofer it would be great in a cocktail and i i hate when people say that's a cop-out when we say it's a great in a cocktail but the spice and the fruit it would be great in a damn cocktail y'all yeah i know it plays really well i think yeah so something that's really cool about coopers is both of them uh, we do something kind of weird with them. I almost like to say, so Chris Morris is our master distiller, who of course does Woodford and Old Forester. I like to tell people he sends us his science experiments. Um, with Cooper's, the 82, what's special is when that whiskey comes out of the barrel, they run it through a filter of beech and birchwood, um, which like, what does that mean? Uh, beech and birchwood has been used uh, for years as a filter for bourbon, but when we use it for ours, we're actually lowering the pH of the product. And that lower pH allows it to hold on to carbonation better. So as you're mixing this with ginger ale, cola, I'm a big fan of, um, and I told you all about it a little earlier today, the Kentucky 75, a bourbon twist on a French 75. It's going to hold the bubbles in that champagne longer than another spirit would. So tell everyone what else you would put in there besides champagne. Yeah. So, so I oh for a Kentucky seventy five yeah tell tell everybody the recipe might as well yeah so uh, for that it's going to be uh, one and a half ounces of the Cooper's Craft eighty two point two and then half an ounce each of lemon juice and simple syrup and then you top with champagne 
Okay, so just flip whatever he said and change that to two ounces yes. of, yes. of the, the, the booze. And then you get the way that Zeke and I would make it. Um, if you have to put a floater on there, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do some uh, Coopers and some Champagne. And uh, we got the redneck version right here. And we're good to go, honey. I squirted some lime juice in there to get all fancy. I'm not even going that It's far. that Kroger, you know, it's that Kroger lime juice. Shaped like a lime. The green. Yes. The green. <laughs> I don't think I can even do the lime juice just because champagne gives enough heartburn after like two or three. I, I looked at lime juice like, no, nope, that's more acid. That's more heartburn. Nope, 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 nope. I love how, you know, like people do orange juice and champagne. I, I haven't figured out some of those drinks like, you know, where they like the brunch type drinks. Like, why would you want to put champagne in your orange juice? Just drink it. Yeah. yeah. I know it's pronounced mimosa, but I just spell it headache. Yeah. Because it hurts. It hurts. It's like the fizzy. You don't like the fizzy at times? I didn't even want to say, no. It's the fizzy. I like. It's only a, like, draw to it. There's nothing about it that that gets me excited. You know, if I'm going to have a drink, like, surprisingly enough, bourbon and orange juice is pretty good when you're on the golf course. What do you call that? Um, <laughs> the 19th hole, the back, the back nine. I call it the bogey. <laughs> it, that, it, that is the mulligan. <laughs> so, what's your favorite drink to make besides the the Kentucky 75? What is your favorite to make with this 82.2? So, with the 82.2, I actually really love um, a Jungle Bird. Which, now, what is that? So, um, like I said, we're in 12 states. Most of them are uh, southern states. So there's a lot of tropical drinks. I have a personal tiki problem myself. So the Jungle Bird, it is... It's not a Morris Day in the Time song. No, no. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we, oh. I, I know, I know. <laughs> this is pineapple juice. This is going to be our bourbon instead of rum. Ooh. This is going to be uh, Campari, a little more lime juice, and some simple syrup. That sounds... Uh, you put Campari in a lot of stuff. I know, I know. Well, now, so, you know, do you know why tiki drinks are served in tiki glasses? Why? Because they look terrible. They look <laughs> really bad. If you, if you make a tiki drink and you put it in um, a rocks glass, it's usually brown. Or off shade of brown, but it's still good. <laughs> oh, it's so great! It's, it's sweet wonderful. and it tastes John great. John really loves the umbrellas. That being said, I Com- do love the umbrellas. Campari makes it this sort of brilliant, almost phoenix red. So it looks nice. So it's one of those ones where you don't necessarily want to put it in the stone tiki. No, no, you can you can put that in your your tall glass. Throw a bunch of ice, paper straw to help those turtles, and you're good to go. Now, I can't believe how many tiki, like there's tiki artists there are that are making custom tiki glasses that are really amazing. But like, if you talk to certain people, they're like, oh, have you had a Zeke Baker? Like, he is the most famous tiki artist around. And like the, the tiki glasses have a secondary value if a certain person made them. There's a whole market for it. And I mean, I'll tell you, some of the glasses are incredible but people you know there's a darth vader tiki mat uh mug out there there's uh, a stranger things tiki glass out there but there's a whole secondary market and the folks who are so talented that are creating these theirs will sell out in everyone knows like it pops on twitter and they're just gone zeke and and tim you guys didn't give your tasting notes on the 82 proofer so what what do you get on that zeke i know you've been writing some stuff down oh i was just drawing like caricatures of you oh sorry uh why is it a stick figure (laughs) it's the plaid shirt zeke really hates my shirt tonight (laughs) for some reason you look like you went to church with mom then you came back from choir practice and you stopped by wendy's for a frosty and smiled real big it's a fishing shirt i feel bad for fitz this has been Kind of a little bit of an ADD show. I look, feel bad, I guys. In, I, I asked both of them, does John look like this? They both started laughing and kind of looked at the floor like, I can't really say yes because I'm not sure about this situation, which means yes. So you think I should wear this with a pair of jeans instead of, would that save it? Nope. It, it looks perfect as is. <laughs> I wouldn't change it for the world, but yep. 
fits, I'm sorry. No. no. <laughs> it's not often. I mean, this is what happens when you start recording at 10 and you've been drinking for an hour and a half. Um, I do, actually. I have simple notes for um, the 82.2. I thought the nose, to me, was just very toasted marshmallow. Um, very simple, but, you know. I thought it was mella. Marshmallow. Mella. There's an A in there. Mella. Marshmallow. Oh, Mala. Sorry. Mallow. Oh. Um, Y'all. Palette. Um, I mean, it, obviously, 82 too, so it's thin and not much of a kick, but like you mentioned, there is just enough to, you know, not feel like you're not drinking something, especially neat. And, and to me, just a nice, solid blend of dark, dark chocolate and malted barley. If, if that's your jam, then, then, you know, to me, that's kind of where I get. You know, as a signature out of a lot of the Brown Foreman stuff outside of, you know, some folks will get the banana from, you know, different things and higher proofs. But if you cut that out, I feel like the, the dark chocolate malted barley's you know, more or less the backbone that's, you know, on the finish side of things. And, you know, finish-wise, it reminded me of just like eating one of those, uh, like, dark chocolate Hershey's rectangles. I mean, just the same light residual finish from it. Um, as far as pairing... I would pair this with a fire and a s'more when it's not 110 degrees. <laughs> and all I would have was a straw in the bottle and a s'more in the other hand, and we would just go to town. A straw in the bottle? It's 82 too. I know. I'm just saying that. Heck, yeah. A straw looks a lot more better than turning up and drinking directly <laughs> from the bottle. It has to be a bendy straw, though. No, nah, you want those big uh, fair ones, though. The one gauge. Like the loops, the well, no, just you know, those thralls are the, you know, the cleaned out pixie sticks ones. You know, it's it's kind of like, um, it'd be like, I guess, the uh, the buckshot of a, the straw world versus like a 20 gauge. <laughs> the copyright, no. we're gonna copyright that. The buck buckstraw, <laughs> buckshot straw. <laughs> Tim, what do you get on this one? Yeah, so I thought the nose was a really strong vanilla. I agree. The, the palate for me was the mouthfeel was really light, and so I wasn't expecting the spice and that and that finish at all. Once it hit me, I was like, "Yeah, you could feel it was swashing around pretty easy." But once once you kind of swallowed, there was a really nice spice that stuck with it. So I, th- I think it was a really good balance as far as you know. Like they said, you can kind of approach this from a beginner straight from you know whatever you know about bourbon, or if, if you really like that spice at the end on a on a hotter day, this is good. Dare I say a word? You don't want to hear Fitz, but I kind of feel like this and Long Branch are two very good, with not in the sense that they are similar with each other for anything other than proof, but they are two very good whiskeys that you are going to use to get people to get into whiskey that might not be into whiskey for two very different reasons. I mean, the proof is similar, but they have two different profiles. Is there anything better than turning someone on to bourbon no i mean that's no. the goal right so fitz my that was exactly my thought like whenever i first tasted that i was like this is an easy thing for me to get my wife convinced that bourbon is a good thing that we should be putting our money into right because currently what she's what she, <laughs> good luck with that uh, right currently what she my wife is a wine drinker but i can get her with an occasional bourbon every now and then but I think that this has enough of the complexity that she would go for it. But usually if I give her anything in a higher proof, she just shies away immediately. I always think of it as, for the 82, like a cul-de-sac whiskey. And when I say that, I mean it in the way like all of your neighborhood is out, you're having a barbecue, and you bring this, and you could get a bunch of people who maybe they were vodka soda people or gin and tonic, and they'd say, oh, I, I didn't know it could taste this way. And now you're having a conversation, and then you have them on this and you move on you try other things and you've got another bourbon aficionado on your hands yeah, exactly. and you're making people in the cul-de-sac happy because you got them drunk exactly that that sounds good to me before we we get into the tasting notes here tell us a little bit earlier this year cooper's craft decided to come out with a hundred proof whiskey tell us a little bit about that one i mean it's the the sister to the a 2.2 right so, well so it's it's a very different animal altogether. so um, maybe like a second cousin twice removed like that but one who's been um i don't know it's almost 
working out every day for the, their life. <laughs> Just like the hulking cousin. So <laughs> maybe it is like the, the 82.2 is Bruce Banner. And, no, then, that. That's good. and then the 100 proof is the Hulk. If, if Mark Ruffalo wants to call us and do some stuff, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> he I'll, he I'll is a good awesome. dude. Um, but so basically there, there are a lot of similarities between them. Um, it is the same base. It's uh, 75% corn, 15% rye. 10% barley. They're both four to six years old. Uh, the proofs are different, uh, but we don't actually have the barrel reserve go through that beech and birch filter. Uh, instead, we really want to show off the skill of the Coopers. So we age this whiskey in a barrel that we call chiseled and charred. So I have a piece, I don't know, you can put it on Instagram to sort of give the listener something to imagine, but we're going to take a router and sort of cut these uh, deep lines into the barrel. So when the whiskey is in there, it has 50% more surface area to work into the wood. But what's really cool is as they're cutting these grooves, all the sawdust is falling down into the bottom. And as the whiskey hits, it sort of coalesces into um, like a tea bag. Um, it's really gross when it comes out. Uh, it kind of looks like a baseball player's chew. Um, obviously we filter that all out, but it gives it so much more flavor. Uh, if you had your own distillery and you were adding uh, this sawdust to your barrels, it'd be considered an additive. But since ours is naturally falling in as we cut it, we're allowed to use it and still be considered Kentucky straight bourbon. And so that's done after the, I guess, toast and or charring, right? Correct. Are they aged the same amount of time then? They're both aged four to six years. Brown Foreman is uh, one of the things that there's very common with their bourbons is they wait to that four year period so they no longer have to tell you the age of the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so at about four years, we start tasting it. And when it tastes ready, that's when we'll pull it out. Gotcha. So the 82.2 goes through the, the process in the back end that gives a different filtration, whereas these do sit in a completely different type of barrel Correct. for the entire maturation. Correct. Okay. Well, I remember when it came out, like reading the press release, and it, it didn't do a good job explaining that, I would say, because it alluded to differences, but it never was that specific. And I'm like, well, what is different about these then? Like, if they're both Cooper's craft, is it just the proof, or how much is really of a, a variance here? Well, and I believe well, we're the first ones to use the phrase chiseled and charred. Um, so without having a photo of what that looks like, it's hard to imagine but it does create a uh, whole different animal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you get way more of the barrel notes and kind of wood notes in these. And for it to be the same age, it's pretty pretty impressive. Well, you're already kind of inviting it to get deeper into the barrel by chiseling that out. How, I guess, similar is that to what you guys did with that? Um... Sinatra? Yeah. So uh, we do share technology between the brands. It is very similar to the Sinatra. Um, but different flavors are going to be prevalent uh, based on how we're seasoning the wood before we cut it. Um, and I believe the spacing is also different, um, so there's more of a ratio of this white to the red. Okay. What do you think about this one, Zeke? Nose-wise, I think it's a lot better. Uh, you know, at first, it kind of came off with, I thought, you know, a little more noticeable alcohol, roasted nuts, let the you know initial just kind of fumes blow off for a second, and then it really almost reminded me of a uh, chocolate fudge sundae kind of thing. Like the vanilla popped up first, that was the most noticeable as- aspect of it. Then at times a little bit of the uh, roasted nuts came in, then kind of back to the dark chocolate that I picked up on the 82.2, uh, and then I even picked up you know kind of like the fruit notes you guys mentioned. So in my mind I'm just saying, all right, you see a you know chocolate. Sunday there, you got your vanilla ice cream, the chocolate, little sprinkled roasted nuts, and a couple of cherries on top. Like, there you go, the whole kit and caboodle. And I almost think, deviating from the order of things for a second, it's almost like the nose is cherry forward for me, but the taste is all chocolate and vanilla. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, you know, if you if you think of the glass as like nose on the top, taste in the middle, and finish on the bottom... It's like an ice cream sundae. You know, you have your cherry on top, then you have the, the all the mixture in the middle, mm-hmm. and then the, the finish is, you know, what you got left. But sorry. I'm absolutely rating my hotel. Like, to wherever the desserts are in the hotel, like, I'm going to be chowing <laughs> through them after this. 
he's, he's gonna use, next time you see him doing a tasting at a bar and if we don't tell him we're there we're just gonna be in the back he's gonna be like so the the hundred is like an ice cream sundae <laughs> pairings with Hershey syrup yeah. it's gonna be full dessert oh, bar man I almost wonder if you so different brands mm-hmm. but I almost wonder if there's something you could do if you take screwball Cooper's Craft because it's that peanut butter whiskey ooh and like that would be like you know how you have the Reese's, mm-hmm. the Reese's uh, chocolate sundaes. If you use like the peanut butter and the chocolate syrup, I almost wonder if there's some concoction you can make if you talk to the folks over there and like put some of that peanut butter whiskey in. You know that would be the trick too, is if you could make a mixture of whiskeys taste like a Reese's sundae because oh, way less calories. You know, just one after another. Anyways, you you just you just silenced John. He just like went into his own little fantasy land right there. I keep it red in the next couple of weeks. (laughs) Pretty pretty soon, I'm not going to be able to fit in this shirt anymore. So you're going to be okay. I'm going to keep eating Reese's peanut butter sundaes, but keep going, Zeke. Uh, Palate wise, it's definitely much more pronounced, and the only, I mean. Obviously, the flavors from the 82-2 are there, but also just get a, a fair amount of bitter that especially neat is just more bitter oaky than I would really get into, especially considering how easy that 82-2 goes down. I mean, obviously, there is a difference in proof, but as far as neat, I would easily have to say I think my preference goes back to the 82-2, just the, the kind of bitter and the bite to it, the fact that it overwhelms the flavors, and I can kind of get them you know, toward mid mid palate to the finish. But at the same time, it's just more, you know, just of a little bit of a bite there that, you know, is off-putting enough to where it's like, if, if I look at these two on the shelf, I'm just going to go 82-2 all day. What's the price difference on these again? Uh, so it's an $8 difference. That's it? That's it. Maybe I'll put some water in the 100 proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me uh, rechange that vote. <laughs> that damn. Yeah. That is crazy. Tim, what do you think about that 100 proofer? Yeah, so I, I mean, I agree with, with Zeke. I think the um, the nose is just much more pronounced, and there is there is kind of that roasted kind of nut scent in there. Um, palate is a much kind of thicker, more viscous mouthfeel to it, uh, that extra proof in there. And then I think the biggest difference is, is those wood notes that you kind of get um taste much older than than four years for sure four to six you had me on ice cream sundae (laughs) (laughs) but i do just want to say for eight bucks like screw my tasting notes y'all you're gonna find a way to enjoy this 37 bucks you're gonna find a way to enjoy this at a hundred proof it's a good brown foreman product i'm not saying this because fitz is here i Holy shit! I I really didn't realize I I do my homework, but I thought this was at forty nine ninety nine. So and you know obviously the price is different in state. I think here right now this is thirty one, and the hundred's thirty one in Nashville, and the eighty two is actually twenty one. Yeah, see, this is a no brainer for me. Buy both. I that's <laughs> fine. It's a no-brainer, and I even think we should try mixing the 41 with the, the 50. You know, the, the 41.1 ABV with the, the 50% ABV. I wonder what you get with both of those. Yeah, good, good middle of the road. And that, like, one of the, the two questions I had, the first one was, remember you saying on the filtering for the 82.2, it did something with you know leaving extra carbonation and whatnot, but would it mellow out some of the bite that's there in the 100 proof? Or no? I would think so. I would think that'd create a nice little child of the two of them. That, that was the first thing I thought of was, you know, if, if you know, the 100 proof goes back through that same filtration process, do you get less of the bite but a much more pronounced flavor and profile, which would be, uh, you know, much more indicative of what the nose gives you, you know, kind of like the, you know, uh, oh, what's the curtain matching the drapes. There we go. <laughs> That's what she said. I think I might have to adjust my tastings that I'm doing. Now. I, I think Adam. he might use the ice cream sundae, but he's not going to use the curtain match and the drink <laughs> no, thing. No. Well, then my other, other thought too, and 
meant to tell John to, to grab one. I think he still got one. I'm out at the moment. Uh, I, at least I, I feel like in my head without doing a proper side-to-side, whatever the difference between that and the, the early times Baldwin Bond is, whatever the minuscule differences are there, that early times just hits me in such a better place. Mm-hmm. Which when I saw this come out at 100 Proof, I'm like, all right, well, there's got to be a reason they're putting out both products at 100 Proof and you know similar age statements, et cetera. Uh, so that, that's what I'd wondered getting into it was our, how much variance is going to be there and is it just the same thing with two different labels? <laughs> no, it's so and they are they are very different. I've been trying to do more um, hundred proof flights um, with our old Forester as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the barrel reserve actually meets all the bottle and bond requirements except that it's two different uh, distilling seasons. Uh, so that's oh, yeah. that that's where we get uh, tripped up for that classification. But, you know, I've, I find when I taste them side by side, and I wish I'd thought to bring a bottle for this tasting, I get very different moods out of them. So it, they're, they're definitely two different animals. Yeah, and I, I definitely, like I said, at least in the neat format, I feel like the early times is just easier to go down without anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as you mentioned, back to the cocktail kind of side of things, that one was definitely going to welcome, you know, a few other things that kind of tone it down or, or push it in different directions to knock off some of the nuances, but then hopefully circle back to everything the nose has to offer. Because obviously it's in there. It's just, you know, getting to it. Fitz, what is your favorite cocktail with this Cooper's Craft Hunter Proof? Because I feel like this is a little more versatile probably than the 82. Well, what do you have here? So I use this with a lot of the traditional whiskey forward cocktails. So obviously any sort of Manhattan old fashioned. I'm a big fan of a Boulevardier. Uh, which and I've had your Boulevardier. Tell everyone what you put in it. So uh, my Boulevardier, it is just an ounce and a half of the 100 proof barrel reserve. Two ounces. <coughs> to, 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 we, we clarified that earlier. <laughs> so, so, sorry. Just a side note for the side note, and then one ounce each of sweet vermouth and my good friend Campari. I had that at the Cooper's Craft dinner that you all were nice enough to invite us to, and surprise, surprise, Zeke didn't go. I went, but the, your cocktails were off the chain at that event. You had a couple of them. You, what was the other one you made besides the Boulevardier? Uh, there was a the there was the apple drink we made with the eighty two. That one was good. I believe we called like uh, Summer in the Orchard. I think was the name for that one. Whatever it was, it, it was, was good. Um, which that one was a cider that we actually cooked down to get make it a little more thick. But there's. There's a lot of fun stuff you can do with it. It's it's been fun tasting in the kitchen. The spice, I mean, I I didn't really get into tasting notes too much, but it it's funny because you get that you you get the cherry, you get the chocolate, a spicy hot fudge sundae, and you're not always gonna get that. Like it, it's not overpowering. Like I said, it's like it's maybe you ate like a couple grains of pepper, but you didn't eat a whole big handful. A pepper. It's funny because the spice that I always taste is um, almost like can, almost like apple cider that your uncle's gotten into it around Christmas time, like a Christmas mm. spice, very boozy apple cider. That's sort of the spice I always I almost get. feel the uh, like the sour tartness of it to it. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever get like a bunch of uh, you know Sour Patch Kids or any of those other candies, and you use. Purposely put them on the tongue, suck all the you know the the, mm-hmm. the the sour off, and you get that kind of feeling. Yeah, I think I just burnt those taste buds out. Yeah. Maybe after the whole pack. So um, I also brought um, in three basically cologne bottles. I have samples of unaged distillate, the regular Cooper's eighty two, and the Cooper's Barrel Reserve. And so I do this sort of sensory thing. I'm trying to get all the senses involved in a tasting. I've yet to release my own soundtrack, but (laughs) DJ Fitz is on the job. Uh, But I start with unaged distillate because as you spray it in your hands and rub it together, you're getting this sort of um, slick feeling. There's all these oils that are removed in in the uh, filtration process. And so it's almost like slimy in your hands. And this is stuff we would never sell. 
Uh, the closest thing you call it is moonshine. But you can get some corn notes off of it, but it's just kind of... It, it's. Yes, you might you guys might have the hunt. Yeah, this doesn't yeah. taste like You'd be, I've, so I've actually painted the bottoms of them. So that's you're a smart guy. Green, blue, gold. I, mean, I remember from the tasting of them. So I have folks start with this unaged distillate, but then as we move on to the regular Coopers, you'll see with that beech and birch filter that it's going to feel a lot drier in comparison. Man, Zeke, I would have homework finished so quickly with these hands. Just saying. Well, you know, this can't hurt you. And the best thing is if you didn't wash last time you got out of the bathroom, you've got clean hands now. Exactly. And I'm still going to have clean hands because <laughs> I was spraying all these essential oils on them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it really is a cool thing. Last but not least, I do want to talk a little bit about your experiment because we weren't able to put all of this in the Kentucky Wine Spirits. But tell everybody a little bit of what you were doing with the festival and their stuff so we can at least try to get a, a picture out there if we can oh the, we do a craft and a draft program Ooh. Uh, with the regular coopers uh, just because it pairs so well with beer uh, as it's able to hold that carbonation better Zeke what what are you doing Zeke is cooking something up right there the roughly 50-50 you mentioned earlier yeah and what do you think well, I just poured it. All right. Well, let me let me see. Don't don't put a cap on that, son. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. What's the notes? Oh, well, let me taste yours then. <laughs> Thanks for pouring. Do another. <laughs> so this Which fits. Have you have you done this before? No, this is a first. This is a first. Well, and we do we do have a one one more non Cooper's product. I think I think we're going to tr- try as a, a grand finale as well after this one, John. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it short because we're already. From the, the, the most uh, infamous brand from the Brown Foreman line. They, they sell a little bit here and there, I think. Just a touch. <laughs> it's good. I'll leave it at that. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because someone asked me what we would do next, and I said I wanted to see what the beach and birch would taste like in a chiseled and jarred barrel. So, uh, I think putting half and half in there would be very, very interesting. So if you could get the other one to be at like 120 and then mix that with the 82.2, I think that'd be super interesting. I think we'd have a lot of fun with that. I think as is, though, I would look at the filtration or something else because I would just say as the proof goes up in that 100, the amount of bite and, you know, bitterness that kicks in there, obviously, is just going to be ramped up even more, I would think. I think it'd be, you know, almost get just really overpowering to a degree. I wonder, too, if uh, Chris has any other science experiments he wants to send our way. I mean, I, I feel like people like that are always you know, tinkering and wondering, and the, the downside of it is, you know, you have your idea, and A, getting a chance to lay it down, and then B, well, I'll tell you, it turned out four years. <laughs> I hope y'all are around still. Shit, I hope I am, too. You know, like, that's the worst part as far as, you know, there's, you know, science experiment. Well, how'd the experiment go? Don't know yet. Still running. Give me a couple more That's years. That's all of bourbon, though. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know how much stuff is people tinkering around, and then you, you find it later or finally get to it. It's like, oh, I even forgot I put this in a barrel so long ago. And it happens. Barrels get, barrels get lost. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, so I did bring you all something pretty special. Uh, I did, as, I, as we said earlier, I used to work on the Jack Daniels brands, so I brought you our Jack Daniels 27 Gold. The reason is because, to my knowledge, it is the only whiskey out there aged in an actual maple wood barrel. Uh, so this is something we do at our cooperage, and since we have our own cooperage, we can sort of do these sort of fun fun experiments. Wait, you all have your own cooperage? It's amazing. No, I'm, amazing. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You really got to pay more attention, Edwards. I was, I was being facetious. This one is straight banana on the nose. Like, that. that is the typical... Very Jack Daniels. Very Jack Daniels, very Brown Foreman, like... So there's no, um, there's no Jack 8 through 26. It's called 27 because they mellow it twice, and it goes into two barrels, so it's like 2-7. Um, but they'll actually take Jack, regular Jack run it through a filter again so it's double mellowed and then that product is going to sit in a maple wood barrel for about six months but you know if you stab some poor maple tree syrup falls out 
So whiskey would fall out. So what we do is we actually would dip the entire outside of the barrel in an inch of wax to seal the whiskey in. And six months later, we've got a finished product. I just hope it's not drip wax. Somebody might get mad. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys think? That's some good stuff. I'm still nosing you. You're quick over here. I'm trying to read this as well. I mean, I think the interesting part is it goes to the Lincoln County method twice as well. Definitely just seeing what it does for one round of, you know, quote unquote, young juice, which, you know, I think it's subjective, especially with the way the wood's treated. It was banana goodness. (laughs) I I mean, I liked it at at the price, though, that comes in at about a hundred bucks. I would probably pass on that knowing that I could get a Jack Daniels barrel strength for half that price. And I would keep it in the Brown Foreman family, but I would be all about the Jack Daniels at, at cost rather than this thing. I get a much different oak presentation, or not oak, but wood presentation there. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's noticeable. I mean, I see what John's getting on the nose as far as, you know, the first thoughts. It's like, oh, yeah, there's the Jack. But once it hits mid-profile and, and moves further back, it's, to me, very much different. Yeah, a completely different animal than, than what you would expect of a normal jack. But mid to back profile is definitely much less of that fruit forward. But you know, maple is obviously what it is, and you know that syrup thickness kind of caramel, whatever, however you want to describe it. But uh, the whole banana runts theory definitely goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Well, Fitz, this was awesome. I feel like we we just talked Cooper's Craft. I mean, ultimately, I would probably, um, you know, bar the 82.2, buy the the 100. I think that's how I got through tonight. What about you, Zeke? How long is the the 27 in the second barrel for? It just takes six months, and it just pulls all the flavor out of it. I got you. So it's still probably, what, a four- to six-year product, like the majority of the line? Okay. Because it's a double barreling, so... Um, the Coopers are not a fan of the Maplewood barrels because they're oh. so much lighter. They break, they leak. Oh, um, so we got to be delicate with that one over yeah. there. Well, it's it's a, a barrel of that is about sixty seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. A barrel it, empty and an empty barrel of um, oak is about one hundred and ten. So very different. Oh yeah. Well, I would have thought the way around because I feel like the the natural aspects of the maple would sit in the wood still and just lend itself to much more density you know if you come to the cooperage i'll let you pick one up (laughs) i'll take your word for it i'd like to go i don't don't need to throw my back out anytime soon um you know a physical therapist if you do (laughs) trust me i'm an old football player as you know tim uh we're we're gonna need each other here i know right Uh, I'm I'm the inverse of John, at least on the the Coopers. I I still like that '82 too. I mean, to me, uh, I like the Brown Foreman profile. At times, I probably would like Buffalo Trace, but as far as the price point and the proof, et cetera, to me, it's either the the Coopers Craft or just a straight you know Buffalo Trace bottling. Um, either one of those for the proof and what you know for the the roll it serves to me are both about the same. The hundred proofer I like, but not more than the early times and with them being you know kissing cousins i'm, I'm gonna go with the early times all day i think the the 27 with the price i and with i'll go ahead and say bar uh, i'm gonna enjoy what's in the rest of the glass and see what different nuances i can pick up out of it uh, i think it'd be funny to see the the jack loyalists get into there because you you know it's it's funny seeing people that you know are loyal to a brand and a name and they just come to expect something like we were talking to a buddy earlier he's like man at Booker's 30th last night it was amazing I was like yeah I, I liked it I would too. expect it to be my, my, <laughs> my dig was just I don't think a Booker's loyalist is going to like Booker's 30th because it was nothing like what you expect from Booker's and he was like yeah I, I effing hate Booker's that's why when I had this and I loved it I'm like what's going on here I'm like yeah I know it's tough and you, you, just, you, you get those you know old factory you know Memories and, and what you expect when you just read a, a brand or a label, and, just, and you know, then you get that whole mental conundrum of like, oh, all right, hold on, what am, all right, can I try and like analyze this with a, you know a fresh, clean mind and palate versus what I 
thought was going to be. Fitz, before we close this one out, what else do you do? Because you do a lot of on-premise things with bars. You have these infusers. You know, you have the um, karate kid things where you wax on, <laughs> wax off with some stuff in your hands. What else is it that you do for the bartenders to really get them hyped up about Cooper's Craft? So we actually have in Alabama a tropical bartender like play and learn. Oh, so we're actually going to bring about every fruit juice you can imagine and just sort of let the bartenders play around with the 82 see what sort of cocktails they can make with it Uh, i try to do a lot of like uh, i call it the bitter bar where i'll bring like literally 30 different bitters and have people take classic drinks and just mix around and play because really at the end of the day we're in one of the coolest i mean fun it's a fun industry Mm. um so, I mean, I'm super fortunate that I get to wake up and say, my job is phenomenal. I taste this hundred and I just go like, get on the boat, the banana <laughs> boat. You don't remember that commercial? Vaguely. Sometimes Zeke looks at me like I have three heads. Just, just talk to the one in the middle, bud. I'm just looking for more modern references. I don't have TV. I only steal your HBO and NBC. They got the YouTubes, man. Come on. What am I going to do? Like some little kid gamer who's on Twitch is going to like give me a reference that I can use? I don't know. Get with the program. I am. I'm, I'm really surprised you didn't get the nuances in this 27. I mean. I think it's fantastic. 27. I mean, it's great. It's double mellowed. I, I think I get a sweeter finish than I do in other whiskeys like mm-hmm. where of, of the similar thing like i wouldn't have a jack daniels that would have this sweet of a finish it it almost i got tricked i had jack daniels a couple weeks ago in a blind i said is this wine finished because it was very yeah. sweet on the front don't think i've ever had jack daniels neat to be <laughs> honest with you i t- took a sip of it i go is this wine finished i i think something and then they were like, no, it's Jack Daniels and whatever. And then we couldn't get three of the other pours that we wanted. But I swear I could have thought it was finished. This is finished with someone actually saying this is done. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, I want to merge X with Y. This one actually did it rather than bring in the knives, have everybody talk about it, say, we're going to merge these two together. What's the percentage you want us to merge them together? I mean, it, it actually, it, it really did that. It was sweet and the banana, it was good. It's a really unique product and it's something I always point to when people say that Jack just isn't craft. Mm-hmm. which um, I completely understand Wiseman would say that um, a brand as big as Jack, and Jack is a big brand, absolutely. It's It gets to the point where you're like, well, is there any sort of hard work, honesty, or craft to it? And there absolutely is. Um, so having something like this where, I mean, even the people who make it, it's it's a pain in the tuchus for them. Um, but shows, you know, we are trying these really unique things, and there is a lot of love put into it. And it's not just black label black label black label all day we have you know your barrel proof that as you've had is phenomenal stuff oh my god that well that's that kind of where so I, you know, I look at this you know generally speaking i feel like as the proof diminishes you kind of get left with more and more of the the back end and whatever whatever you're getting from the oak and the wood you know as the proof goes down that becomes more predominant so to me at 80 proof the fact that it's still pretty sweet and noticeable it's like all right well, what if this was a hundred ish, maybe a little more, with the the wood giving it such a sweet profile and you know double the uh, you know the mellowing. Uh, it'd be fun to to you know thieve a couple of pulls out of one of these barrels before that anybody touches it. I would like to see. <laughs> I, I would like to see what it's like at a higher proof. Um, I worry it's the the mellowness of the wood that's keeping the proof low because there's not a lot of maple flavor profile to pull back on since it's not being used. But it, it's a really cool product. I would like to see it at like 95. Yeah, I was going to say, even in, even in 90, I would be curious to see what it comes out at. Yeah, as, as it kicks up, it would be fun to look at, that's for sure. Because I, th- I, I think it tastes phenomenal, but I think 
I agree with Zeke. I feel like if it just had a little higher proofage to see what those those notes, just a little more strength to them. Mm-hmm. Well, Fitz, this has been amazing. I got to say thank you so much for joining. I, I hope you come down again because I feel like we can do a very, very good follow-up to this. But thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. This has been phenomenal. Now that I found out that 100 proof is 31 bucks, <laughs> Zeke, I'll add some water to it and I'll make it you know in the 90s. Doesn't have the same filtering, though. Just going to throw it out there. It'll last twice as long well, if you buy if bottles and mix them together. So. <laughs> if you're in Nashville, find the other one for 21 bucks, and like Fitz said, throw them, throw them together. And they're still early times bottled and bond, if you like the brown foreman profile. True. <laughs> True. But I, anyways, go ahead and seek out Cooper's Craft. Seek out what brown foreman has to offer. Open your bottles. Enjoy them. Tim, do you have anything left to say before we sign off? No, I'm good. I'm just a, appreciate you guys letting me be a part of this. Well, we are always happy to have you around, and we hope to have you around soon when there are no microphones around. Fitz, where can the folks find Cooper's Craft? Uh, so we're in 12 states. I would check us out at cooperscraft.com, but Louisiana to Florida, up to Pennsylvania, and then our fun folks out in Oregon. And Zeke, the <laughs> Oregon, really. Oregon, Oregon. They've only got the 100, though. Oregon only has the 100. Nice so. curveball. Yep. Zeke, the folks can find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Please join our Facebook group, answer a couple questions. We will let you in as long as we know it's you. It is a closed group. Please also find us on your favorite podcast app. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews to all the whiskey that we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao. Cheers. Ciao.